0: it's so true we're now officially into year fifteen of what I call the maturing social media. in fact, it's become such a part of our lives and the lives of of all Americans and those around the world that the parent company of Facebook has renamed itself Meta after their real goal to place you and I in an alternative universe and hopefully a hyper productive uh, uh, opportunity for us to live our lives in this alternative universe called the metaverse. Where does this leave you with your use of social media? Welcome to the radio rally on the Clubhouse. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of two amazing radio pros and uncovering the path forward in radio, right now today's live event will also be a podcast called the encouragers the radio rally podcast and will become available soon after the end of this live event wherever you get your podcast our thanks to joe kelly for producing our podcast events and of course, JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Today, is Monday, January 17th. Molly Kendrick is with us. She's the social media captain for CHR and Hot AC for Odyssey. And uh, we're going to get an opportunity to learn some things from her today. Also, Kat Haley, we're still waiting on her to show up, and we have had her confirmed and reconfirmed. So I know that Corey Dillon, our co host, is working on that right now and trying to get that hooked up. Of course, uh, Kat Haley is a content creator and TikTok star with 765,000 followers, and she is the host of Series XM's. TikTok channel. Our co-host for today's event, January 10th, uh, 2022, is Corey Dillon. Mornings for 100.7 Big FM in San Diego. And listen, before we talk with these three important women in our business, I do want to share a couple of upcoming things for you from the encouragers first on Wednesday, just two days from now, join us on our Wednesday live event at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific called Innovation in Audio. Of course, uh, Nashida Roy Pope is a tech and business leader. She's gonna be here with us. We're gonna talk with her about our 10 plus years of leadership experience working in both high impact global roles in, in tech, and in the nonprofit sector, so that should be very interesting. Then, of course, next Monday, I hope you'll join us again for the radio rally as we welcome legendary programmer and creator of the wow factor, John Sebastian, who's going to check in directly from Phoenix, Arizona and tell us all about it. Listen, while you're here tonight, connect with the people that you see on stage. Look around the room to connect with others here. Uh, This is our opportunity really to mix it up with radio pros at all levels. Encouragement is our purpose. Networking is a big part of encouragement, and we want to encourage you to do your networking regularly. We think this is probably a great way to do it. My name is Lloyd Ford, and I am with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We work for local radio brands and clusters to help Uh, You place your local radio brand in the exact right position for optimal rating success. We can also help you separate your brand in the most positive way from other competitors, gain attention, play the right music, populate your brand with great-sounding personalities and climb in the ratings and revenue. RPC can give you affordable, well-tested music library selections, daily music logs, amazing imaging, coaching for your morning show, or make recommendations for morning shows for your local radio brand providing high quality voice trackers as well and much more if you know somebody who needs a little bit of encouragement a little bit of help uh who might need a strat plan or a total rebrand have them reach out f-o-r-d at rainmakerpathway.com my co-host today like i said is Corey dillon we're gonna actually be back to her in a minute uh but first we're gonna go straight to our very very special guest and uh I definitely want to spend some time with this person because, well, I cheat a little bit. I got an opportunity to talk to her before we began. Uh, so let's turn our attention to Molly Kendrick, and let me tell you about her first. She is the social media captain for CHR and Hot AC at Odyssey. If you spend a little bit of time in her socials or on her socials, you come to understand very quickly that she knows and understands visuals, visual perspective. And she is a participator in life as in social. Molly does afternoons on 106.5 The End in Sacramento, but you may not know that she got her start with world wrestling entertainment. I'm not making that up. We are very fortunate to have her as our guest today. Molly, I want to welcome you to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. It is our pleasure to have you on board. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for that introduction. I am fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. We're going to get right into it with you. So, look, I, I think we have to start with the Wayback Machine. We love doing this with people. What did you learn working for World Wrestling Entertainment?
1: Yeah, so World Wrestling Entertainment was really kind of my first... Exposure to actually like working at live events and learning how to market a live event. I don't know if they still have this partnership after COVID, but I went to oh, right. Full Sail University in Orlando mm-hmm. and they had a close partnership. Um, when I went there, they were just starting it. So I was part of the very first student initiative to market, uh, as far as like live at the live event, getting people to engage while they were watching the show. So it was a very, very new program. Um, but I was also very fortunate, um, to be selling tickets on the side. So I was always at these shows kind of, you know, observing what, you know, what is the crowd that's coming in and kind of, sitting back and watching and being a fly on the wall while also learning how to market a live event. And it was, it was a student internship. Um, I was studying music business actually at school. Um, and then I was recommended for this, uh, this new opportunity that they were just putting together.
0: Well, it's powerful to get an opportunity to submerge yourself in something that, you know, some people would call ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> some people would call really i mean it is exciting and and they have an over the top presentation of entertainment correct they absolutely
1: do and i
0: just want to say i
1: never grew up a wwe fan wwf like had no idea who any of these people were um but also side note uh once i got into radio i quickly realized At least half of program directors are major WWE fans, so that definitely (laughs) was something that I used to my advantage.
0: Nice, nice. And of course, you know, I don't know if if during that time they were full-blown using social media the way we are today, for sure, but you might have picked up some things, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of it was, um, you know, I was, this was about 10 years ago. So Instagram was still a very new thing and we were just trying to figure out hashtags and it was very much like, Hey, use a hashtag on Twitter and we'll put your tweet on the live feed during the event, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, social media has definitely come a long way since then.
0: Well, I'm going to take a left turn on you now. Okay, because nobody's expecting this to come. You're a certified legal assistant or paralegal. Is that, is that true?
1: <laughs> so I started going to school for it and then yes. dropped out.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, so you didn't actually yeah. get there then?
1: No, I didn't actually get there. I got about halfway there. And then I, so I had actually left radio for a brief time. This was about four years ago. And decided, you know, I'm going to go back to school. I don't know if I'll get back into radio again, but I'm just looking for new opportunities. And decided to go to a community college and, you know, began working my way through that. Um, And then got an opportunity in Minneapolis and literally dropped everything to get back into
0: radio. We're going to talk about that because I don't think any... There's not a lot of people that they get that kind of opportunity dropped in their lap, but I want to I want to kind of follow you a little bit through your career arc. You're in Full Sail University, where you you became the sales associate. I would think that a background in selling would come in pretty handy in your current job, just the knowledge of what goes on in a sales job. But you made a turn and became a morning show producer and a programming assistant at iHeart. Can you tell us about this career turn and and how how and why you might have done that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my sales associate position was uh, a job within the work-study program, that full sale. Right. So it, it was literally my very first job that I ever had. Um, so just kind of got, you know, my feet wet in what it's like to actually have an adult's life while right. I was going to school. Um, and so that turn happened when you know I, I graduated, basically, and mm-hmm. thought, you know what, I don't want to be in Orlando anymore. I'm done. I want to go home. I want to maybe even... Uh, intern for John Jay and Rich. I don't know. The sky's the limit. And so I went back home to Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, lived with my parents, did that whole thing, and got an internship with, at the time it was Clear Channel. And they this was uh, like the last year that they were Clear Channel,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to give you an idea of the time.
0: And Yeah, and look, that yeah. brings me to something interesting with you. You've got this experience that, with iHeart, leads you to become a full-blown personality at Town Square Media. Yeah. I have liked this turn, too, because we all know about their involvement with social and how social, let's call them social friendly, right? Mm-hmm. Did, this, did this light you up about social media even more? Can you tell us about your experience at Town Square Media?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely love town squares approach to all things digital. Um, at the time it was more like content focused. What can we put on the website? I mean, they have such high expectations for their personalities as far as the quantity of content that is being pumped out. So, I really got that experience of, you know, understanding I need to multitask. I need to be able to quickly create content and I need to get creative with content. Mm. And of course, that online content goes hand in hand with social completely. So, you know, figuring out what does my audience, what gets my audience to click on things? What gets them to interact? What makes them happy, angry, sad. And, you know, really, you know, I am very numbers driven. So I was very motivated by the amount of clicks and got me very excited about, you know, what else can I do to reach our audience online?
0: I see. And listen, you know, look, I I struggle with this all the time with different clients and, and people who work for different clients, right? And you can relate to this, I'm sure. You know, when you were at Town Square, you know, one of their things is how much you are to post either on a daily or weekly basis. And yet a lot of radio folks, they kind of are are reluctant to get out there, reluctant to put themselves in vulnerable spaces, let's say in the socials, Uh, Do you have that struggle as well?
1: I would say definitely less of a struggle than other people do,
0: for sure. Um, Uh, No, 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 no. I know that. I know (laughs) what I'm saying is in your role with Odyssey, do you come across personalities that are reluctant to really go all in on social?
1: Oh, all the time, all the time. Um, there's definitely varying levels of, you know, I don't want to say experience, but varying levels of uh, feeling comfortable with that vulnerability. Um, I would say a majority of the people that struggle to get personal with mm-hmm. their audience are actually very, very open on their private uh, air quote. Which is interesting, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, they're being real people in their personals and you're like, hey, what's going on over here? Is that what you do with them? You kind of go, hey, what is this over here? and Why are you not like this over here?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, every every station has its own unique challenges that they have to overcome. And I would say that that's a pretty common one, actually. So Mm -hmm. what I always tell people, and usually it's the brand managers that I'm telling directly this to is, you know... You're, if, you're, if you're talking about your kids and your family on the radio, share yeah. it on social media. If you feel, of course, co- of, of course within reason, there are some things you, you don't want to go into, and that's totally fine. But if you're sharing it on the radio, you should be ser- sharing it on social media because people, if they love hearing about it, they're going to love to see it and you're going to connect with them so much
0: more it's one of the most powerful things about radio is our connection with the audience. I I actually was writing something today about endorsements and how powerful they are. And um, man, you know, I, I sometimes wish I could be more encouraging to people to step out there and share those parts of their lives. And, And you do this on a daily basis, correct?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, you know, I'm going to drag you back through (laughs) some things that you've done before. And I know that this is probably not a huge deal, but I just want to make sure that everybody is aware of how you can drop in and get involved with really specific things. One of the things I love about you is that you do seem to get involved. You were involved in something called the High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver. What made you volunteer to be involved with them?
1: Yeah. So I I had mentioned briefly that I had taken a break from radio um, several years ago. And during that time, I actually started doing stand-up comedy. And... There is that High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver that is run by a uh, Denver-based comedy trio, the Grolics. I don't know if you've ever seen the show "Those Who Can't." It was a true TV show. I think it ran mm. a few seasons, um, but they run that festival. And honestly, I just wanted—I <laughs> just wanted to be around like famous people. I'm like, I miss this from radio. Really? And, yeah, and I had done transportation, uh, duties in my radio career early on. And I thought, you know, I'm a good person to do this. So basically I signed up for every shift imaginable to be able to drive comedians to and from the airport and from their hotel to venues and all that stuff. So So
0: did you get your fix of famous people when you, you know, you're driving them back and forth?
1: Um, I mean, uh, to be honest, a lot of the comedians I didn't even know. Um, mm. but but one that I was actually pretty excited about. I don't know if you know him, but his name is Rory Scovel. He was in a uh, an Amy Schumer movie a couple years ago. But he mm. actually he rode in the front seat of my Jeep, and he's like, "Hi, I'm Rory," and I was like, "Oh my god, I know who you are!" But I didn't say that. I was very Lord, excited Lord. though.
0: <laughs> Oh, that's funny, all right, yeah. so listen so i I'm connecting all these dots with you, where you're getting involved with world wrestling and <laughs> and and look, here you are making this connection for yourself uh, with these comedians and with this festival, even when you're out of radio. now you do a turn where you become the co-host. Of cities, ninety-seven point one in Minneapolis. What was that experience like, and how did that come to be?
1: Oh my goodness! Well, that that story would probably be a story for another time on Networking One Hundred and One. However, <laughs> I'll try to okay. you know kind of wrap <laughs> wrap it up. Um, but I, I mean, it was a dream of mine for so long to work at. Uh, In that building specifically at iHeart in Minneapolis, Um, early on in my career, I started listening to the Dave Ryan show and just became obsessed. And it was to the point where I'd listened to KDWB while I was producing my morning show on an AM news talk station just to have hope that that there was a future for my career and I wanted to learn as much as possible. And I'm, I'm sure everyone in this room is familiar with Dave Ryan. I just think the world of him, um, and I've learned so much from him, but, um, fast forward, you know, maybe four or five years or so, um, there was finally an opportunity, uh, to go out to Minneapolis. And first I was hosting nights and then, um, about a year in, had the opportunity to audition for a new morning show that we put together. And I mean, it was just, you know, like I said, it was always a dream of mine to work in that building and just absolutely loved it.
0: Well, it must be incredible for you to get involved like that. And was it everything that you hoped it would be?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I wish that I could have stayed longer. Unfortunately, I was involved in the January 2020 layoffs, so but that
0: wait, that happens in this business. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. heard that. Yeah, yes. so we so, all face our turn in the barrel, right?
1: We do, we do, and you know, I'm I'm sure everyone here has heard the the saying that you haven't really been in radio until you've been fired or laid off. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty true in a way.
0: Yes, yes, I think it is absolutely true. And look, the resilient figure out a way around it and figure out a way to get ahead for sure. Okay, so now the thing we've been waiting for, tell us about your current job on air and about your engagement as the social media captain for CHR and Hot AC at Odyssey today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, shortly after that stint at iHeart, I was reached out to to come out here to Sacramento and host Afternoons on 106.5 The End. And, you know, it was an opportunity that like I just could not pass up. Um, I, you know, radio wanted me to stay. And so I took that took that risk, packed up my car, drove out here and, Uh, Host Afternoons Um, this past summer with the uh, restructuring of the CHR format. I also had the opportunity to step up and become a programming assistant on the local level. So I work under Mm -hmm. um, our national programming team to make sure that everything runs smoothly and sounds good on the local level. And uh, so it was a really great opportunity for me to elevate within the company. And shortly after that, was asked to take on the duties of being Odyssey's uh, social media captain for Hot AC and CHR. And in that role, it's pretty much a, it's sort of like a consulting
0: role of sorts within the company. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting, you know, because uh, some of us who started out uh, on the personality level and grew to be programmers. And then, like me, became a consultant. You you realize, and I'm sure other consultants can tell you this, that once you become a consultant, you become someone who asks questions. You ask and encourage people you don't exactly tell them all the time. Uh, do you find that this is true in your role or do you have a little bit more authority? Uh, and And really, sometimes you may not want to use that. You may want to be more encouraging correct yeah
1: i mean it's definitely a delicate balance of you know you're working with so many different personalities and for the most part i i talk mainly with the brand managers and they're definitely very receptive to what i have to say and and they're asking me questions um but then in in times when i have worked with talent it's very much like well but we we did it this way we've been told this and and you know so it's you know then at that point you're kind of you know dancing that line of like well i don't want to invalidate what what you believe or what other people have told you um, so yeah i mean it's it's definitely a delicate balance there
0: so let's talk about dealing with that kind of situation how do you try to help your teams at odyssey with social you made it clear that a lot of your interaction is trying to help the brand managers can you give us some examples maybe of things that you see in social at radio that you kind of wish you didn't see maybe or maybe tell us a tip that you think radio uh, would do good to follow in in being more effective in social
1: yeah absolutely so really I believe every station has such individual needs. Everyone has varying levels of experience and abilities and motivation and different workloads that everyone is going to have a different challenge or several challenges to overcome. So really I just kind of narrow it down station by station. Hey, what are your challenges? How can we overcome that? And just kind of figure out a strategy of getting through that. I share, you know, some ideas on, uh, how I, how I, I'll use the word program, program my social media. And I, I use my examples all the time from things that I post. Um, one tip that I always tell people is it's more of a mindset really to have is think of your social media as its own little radio station. Yeah. Of, course, of course, it's a different medium, but have the mindset of programming it like a radio station. If you have, you know, you don't want to give too much away, but let's say to start you have a certain benchmark that is very visual. For example, I have a bit during my show called Molly's Must Haves where I talked about, I love shopping. So it's, you know, something to buy basically. And then I try to take some sort of visual element um, put, put our station logo or whatever on it and then share it on our social media, um, just to give that element to it. And then, you know, at that point you're sharing something with your digital audience that maybe they weren't even tuning in for your bit, but now they know about and they're like, Oh, well, what is this? Or they're entertained on social media at the very least. So I always tell people, find that thing to start with that you can, turn into a visual element, some kind of post that you can put on your social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and program that platform as if it were a radio station.
0: So you strike me as being, let's call you younger than me. I don't know (laughs) that that's true, but I'm just going to guess that that's probably true. So I'm interested in this perspective. It's coming, the metaverse. Are you going to, are you going to be, are you going to be one of the first? Are you going what's happening there?
1: Yeah. So, you know, future of radio and when it comes to socials, it's really hard for me to say. Um, I think, you know, part of me, it's very bittersweet what I'm about to say. I think a lot of the focus in radio is going towards TikTok, which I fully understand. Um, I think, you know, and I'll say why it's bittersweet for me. I think there are so many very passionate people in radio that are very good at what we do. Um, A lot of us have not caught on to social, how TikTok Mm. stars have. And so I think, yeah, so I think for me, it's, it's very easy for me to say and to see that... Um the future the future is those viral stars, whether it's TikTok or some other future uh, platform that's outside of radio that radio is bringing in.
0: Interesting. you know, I'm very fascinated with hiring not just in our lane, but you know Thursday, we're having a special event for sales where we're going to focus on uh, recruitment. And I, I think there is opportunity for radio to do exactly what you just talked about. Bring other things connected to us. Uh, listen, Molly. I, I hope you'll stick around for a few minutes in case some of our folks might have some questions for you at the end. Does that sound okay?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So awesome to have you here. Listen. If you've been listening to this interview with Molly, wait to hear what's coming up because we've connected both of these interviews tonight. Listen, mark your calendar for the event that I just told you about. Tell your sales manager, your market manager, your local sellers. The 2022 sales liftoff is coming. We're calling this Planning Your Bigger Revenue Year. And by the way, we plan to have one of these events every quarter this year. The first one is Thursday, January 13th. That's this Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Sales consultant Alec Drake, who just finished up 15 years at Cumulus Media in Dallas as their director of sales, he will join me on Thursday right here inside the Encouragers. We will have a panel of guest experts. These are sales partners, revenue partners. We're going to discuss Q1, recruiting, Q2. We're going to talk about how to lift your revenue in the first half of this year. And we'll have a roundtable with actionable items to help you and your team grow your revenue this year. Our revenue partners for the Q1 event, Chuck Wood and Scott Howard. Chuck Wood, of course, is the VP and general manager of Delta Media Corp. A multimedia company comprised of seven television and nine radio stations in South Louisiana. And Scott Howard, who's the general sales manager at WOLO Radio. Federated Media in Fort Wayne, Indiana, we're going to have actionable items, things that you can take away and and take to your company, and boost your own income. So if you're not a seller, but you're attached to one, tell them all about it. We want them to be here for that. My co-host for this event right now is Corey Dillon from 100.7 Big FM in San Diego. I'm always excited when she comes on this live event. She always has a great perspective. And Corey, this week you posted something great about Ted Lasso. Can you please share with us your eight lessons for classroom teachers from Ted Lasso, which I think should be good for any one of the encouragers.
2: Yeah. You know, I just started watching this show um, and I think it's become another big star of the pandemic, or at least this year's pandemic Uh, lessons for classroom teachers from Ted Lasso, which, you know, really applies to everything and and everyone. And and for anyone that's never seen the show as I hadn't until this week, uh, he's this, um, a fish out of water kind of storyline. Uh, an American who is hired to host, host um, a, a UK league football team, i.e., soccer, here in the US. And his number one lesson is to build relationships. Nobody is bigger than the team. Be curious. Don't take things personally. Be a goldfish in that you have a, a 10 second memory when necessary to learn from your mistakes, but don't dwell on them. Uh, You're not perfect, and that's okay. Your students aren't perfect either, and that's okay too. And then number six is optimism is contagious. Seven, make the tough calls. And eight is to believe. You and your students can reach those big goals without having a sense of belief. Uh, Believe in what's possible. Set goals and work hard. To make it happen. So that's Ted Lasso for you.
0: Listen, I got to tell you, just listening to you when you do this live co-hosting with us, I know know how involved you are. I know what your socials look like, and they are incredible, by the way. This is nothing compared to, you should see her concoct a cocktail for us (laughs) or do some kind of cook. I mean, it's amazing to me, and I'm so glad that you're here for this event. You've also got a great guest for us, don't you?
2: Yeah, you know I'm going to introduce Cat Haley here. You know she's based in South Florida, uh, but I've seen her globe trotting recently. Um, but she's amassed a following on TikTok, as you mentioned early on, of more than 760,000 strong. And her most like video on this, what has become another uh, another viral star of the pandemic, uh, her most like video has over 200 likes, 200 hearts to it, which is really just incredible. But her huge success on TikTok came during the pandemic, as did her transition from terrestrial radio uh, in Miami to, you know, being a TikTok star on the TikTok channel that I believe launched in August uh, when Sirius launched their TikTok channel. So thanks for joining us, Kat you can unmute your mic now. Okay, cool. <laughs> there you are. There you are. Now, Kat, we, we go kind of way back. I mean, your career is, is young as a, as are you, but I remember distinctly meeting you at morning show Boot Camp. I don't remember. Was it five years ago? It was in
3: 2018. So 2018.
2: Math, like. Okay. Yeah. And I was, I was uh, self-employed time. I was out of radio and just strictly doing stuff with HSN and uh, the Boston Red Sox and doing voiceover, you know, scrapping together what I could. And you were, as I recall, just out of college and looking for your first gig. And mm-hmm. I had met uh, a team out of, I believe it was uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. And they were looking for a third chair producer and you were looking for your first gig and you stood out even as a a newbie at that conference and I remembered you and, and when they told me or somehow I had a conversation that they were looking for a third chair, I was like, you know, I just met this gal. And I, I remember telling you about it too. And you somehow met them and then you connected and you got your first job in radio. You want to tell us a little bit about that or how you made that happen? Because again, I just kind of made the introduction or, or the, the fact known that they were looking for somebody and that you were looking for somebody too. So tell us a little bit about how that started your career
3: um i remember like i was just outside like the main conference room and then Corey came up to me and she's like hey she goes are you, are, are you the one that said you just graduated from uap and you keep asking questions to the panel like grabbing the mic i'm like yes <laughs> and you're like okay i just spoke to a, I i think her name starts with a k like katie i don't know it's in louisville kentucky um they're, they're looking for a third chair and maybe you could talk to them a little more they're like alex clark who's here um she basically did that at like eighteen or something crazy. Did it for like a few years, and now she has a show. She's doing it in Indianapolis now. She doesn't work for them anymore. She does like um
2: TV USA, like she's like
3: a like Republican group where she's a host yeah. of the panel. Well, um,
2: she, she she sort of got a, her name known because she was on a reality TV show, like a, that too. One <laughs> of those, those dating shows. I mean, but that you know that's kind of the times we live in. That helped really launch. I think her to a, a whole nother level. So oh, anyways, so she was leaving and
3: she had just had that job there. And you told me you're like, from what I feel like talking to this girl at you, thought her name was Katie, but her name was Kelly. You were like, yeah. I talked to her and like, Alex Clark is here. And like, I guess you guys must've been talking. She's like, yeah. Like, unfortunately every time we get somebody that's a third chair, they only stay for a year and then they get a better job like offered. She's like, so we luckily groom them well, but then they leave. And you told me that you're like, this is what I just found out. I got, I got the tea. <laughs> so- <laughs> You're like, go go find them. I'm looking up Katie Louisville, can't find anything. Finally, I see, like, Kelly is the name. So I see, like, what you described, like, short blonde hair. And we were, like, across the conference. Like, she was, like, walking probably out to go get lunch. And I mouth to you and, like, point at her. She's walking away. I go, is that Kelly? And you go, yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the next, like, panel, like, she was sitting in the back with Ben. And then Alex, like, just, like, you know, misses them. So she went over to, like, sit with them and say hey. I sat in the row in front of them. And at the end of the panel, I just turned around. I go. Hi, I'm Kat. What's your name? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, cool. And then I was like, nice. My friend Corey told me about you guys. Well, um, I'm out of college. They're like, yeah, you've been asking a lot of questions, and things like on the panel. it's great. I was like, well, if y'all are hiring, here's my resume. And then by Monday, they hit me up, and within two weeks, you know, I was hired. Nice.
2: And, and you were yeah. moving to Kentucky.
3: Yep, I hopped in a car and I moved to Kentucky. So that was really sick, getting a job right away out of school, like that summer. Yes. I like. I'd taken off and I did a trip to backpacking, like a little globe trot moment, and then um for like a month just was applying to jobs. But that was totally a game changer. And the reason I even knew about it was I interned for one year in college for a summer with Kevin Rolston from WRMF in West Palm. And I asked him sure. like hey, what do I, what do you recommend I do? He goes, I know this is only a week away, but if you can go to this I'll introduce you to a lot of people. So it was him like really that like got me there and that it was you for helping me find like the direct connection of who I need to be talking to. Yeah,
2: I was going to ask you, I'd forgotten about your ke- uh, connection to Kevin because that really was fortuitous. I mean, it took me, I mean, I was, I'm, I've been in radio probably your whole life, you know what I mean? And I didn't start going to conferences until I went to uh, the Talkers Conference in New York City. I believe it was 2013 or 14, something like that. So the fact that you went right out of college, Yes, it was a gamble, but I mean, it's obviously paid off because your your career since then has just, I, I think you've been on the right track. I think at times you've gotten maybe sidetracked, not off track, because you were only in Kentucky for about a year, as she predicted, right?
3: Yep, that's exactly what happened. Um, after one year. Like, it was so random. I did not expect this. I knew, like, B96, one of the stations on the hall, like, somebody on there that was, like, worked there for, like, years got fired, like, just on, like, a layoff for, like, budget reasons. And I was like, crap. And I was like, well, they only pay me thirty grand a year. I don't think that that's going to happen. Like, I'll be fine. Like, I'm, like, you know, I knew, like, out of the other people around me, I'm, like, it doesn't hurt them to have me, like, I literally had to nanny and, like, do second jobs and stuff. Like, right. I'm, like, a workaholic just trying to, like, you know, get the experience and, like, survive, essentially. Like, I went from, like, a morning show every day to um, the second I get out at, like, one thirty, like, running over to, like, pick up kids from school and, like, clean their house and shit. Um, excuse me, French. But yeah. <laughs> after a year, um, yeah, one day just after the morning show, they're like, hey, Kara, can you come downstairs? I'm like, sure, what's up, Ben? Like, usually I go downstairs, like, we air check. And I see the big boss in there. I'm like, oh. And, like, they're like, yeah. I didn't cry or anything. I just was like, okay. And they're like, you're handling this really well. It's really upsetting because, like, we really like you, but, like, Alpha media, like we're having huge budget cuts. And then I asked them, I go, Are you guys gonna get another third person? Because if you did, then I'd feel like lied to. Yeah. But it's not just for budget cuts. Like, at least give me that respect. Like, if I'm not a, a good third chair. They're like, no, we will never have another third person on this show. Like, we can't afford it. I was like, okay, yeah. I can walk away from this. Like, like, whatever. I, I called, I had been, it's almost like I didn't want to get fired, but it was like one year plus option. So if they liked me, they could have kept me for a second year. And basically on that contract, I would have, you know, had to stay with them. Like if I wanted to yeah. continue the radio. But I remember talking to somebody, and I was like, I'm just not happy in Louisville. Like, I, I grew up in South Florida, like, scoop diving and surfing and stuff. So that was such a culture shock to me, being like landlocked and snowing like, half a year. So Amy yes, was definitely <laughs> worked in my favor to you know, do something like like, having to leave. almost like forcing myself to not even have that option. It's like when you're ready to break up with a boyfriend, but like you don't have the guts to do it yet. Cause like, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
2: And and I remember talking to you because I remember you kind of expressing those exact things. Like I can't, you know, because it is, it's scary to jump into honestly the abyss, especially at the time in radio when you did in 2018, 2019, because I mean, none of us, continue to know what's going on and, and that continues to happen. The business gets smaller and smaller. So mm-hmm. from there you just you packed it up and you went back yeah. home, right? To South Florida. Yeah, I and
3: left, found somebody to like take over my lease and I moved back in with mom and dad.
2: <laughs> there you go. Hey you're you're our, our favorite millennial and from there I I remember you reaching out to me again and you're like, what should I do? You know, I'm I think you were working part time for somebody and then you know I Were you, I think you were working part-time in Miami, or maybe you hadn't landed anything yet.
3: I landed nothing thus far, but I I luckily got a job within like a month. I was applying like out of state. I didn't care. Um, Then my dad, one of his best friends, is friends with DJ Laz. He used to be on the morning show for 97.3 in Miami. And my dad's like, apparently he's going to hit you up and you, like my dad's best friend and him are all going to grab lunch together. And then, like, my dad wakes me up one day. Like, I was, like, you know, sleeping in. No job. Just, like, would go apply right. for jobs in the afternoon. My dad's, like, get up. I go, what? He goes, in an hour and a half, you need to be all the way, like, in downtown Fort Lauderdale getting lunch at, like, 15th Street Fisheries. Laz called and said he's down for lunch right now. I'm, like, okay. He's, like, so, then he, like, got up and went. And then, like, you know, we just, like, talked about, like, he, like, I don't know, the two of them, like, the, the gentleman, like, they like to fish and stuff. We talked about that stuff. Then we got down to, like, all right, let's talk about radio. He goes. Send me an air check. Like, I'll definitely, like, we're not hiring at this moment, but I'll definitely send it around. And um I'm going to be real with you, Kat. He goes, If I don't like your air check, I'm going to tell you, but then I will send it to people I know in small markets. But if I like it, I'll definitely send it around Miami and stuff and like other big markets. I was like, Okay. It took him a week to reply. But he goes, I liked it. I go, Oh. He goes, Sending it around to everybody in Miami right now. I was like, No way. And then even like sent it to the people at 97.3, and they're like, well, we're actually looking for another part-timer to do, like, um, weekends. So I, you know, I, I interviewed, and then out of, like, the people that were hiring, excuse me, um, they were, like, torn between a few people. And I went to a thing, they're like, come to this breast cancer cycle thing. So I went, you know, like, before I'm hired. Then Al P., who was, he was on their recent morning show until the same thing, the budget cuts. Yeah. But um, he was like, hey, Kat, do you want to go to a Post Malone concert tonight? I'm going with these two girls. I have extra tickets that I literally met on, like, a bar on Friday. I go, okay. Like, I kind of knew, like, all right, he's going to, like, see if I'm cool or not. And, like, we we had a great time. And then I guess that, like, during the team all had, like, kind of, like, in a room. And apparently they had, like, interviewed other girls. And some of them were, like, in the room doing, like, a group interview. And then afterwards they're like, all right, who should we hire? LP vouched and goes, I want Kat because... She's funny. She can she can hang. Like I took her to Post Malone, and then we got drinks after, like at a club. And yeah, she's like, I don't know. He's just like, she she vibes with like everybody on air on our team. Like she, I approve. So like basically, that's like kind of how I landed that job. And they made me part time the whole time I was there, which is very much so in CMG. They tend to do that for Cox Media Group. Um, Yeah, but. So it was frustrating because then my parents, after, like, a year of being there or so, they're like, all right, like, I wanted to move out. My dad's like, you're crazy. But this was when I started to get into TikTok. You know, dad yeah. and are hitting me up every week to, like, be an influencer for them. I'll have enough money to move out. Of course, I had to live extremely minimalistically. But, like, I moved out and in with my best friend. And um, then... Uh, yeah, still part-time. They up, they put me on afternoons, but again, still part-time. So my dad was right. like, ha, he's like, I'm trying to be realistic with you. If you want to stay in this business, you either got to switch over to sales or you got to get a full-time job, even if that means moving out of state, like wherever. Right. I jobs, I would get down to like the top two candidates. And then somebody would call me be like, we actually really loved you, but we just chose somebody with a little more experience. we we'll, like, come back and like hit us up in a few years. I'm like, all right. It was like jobs, like New York city or like Dallas. And I was like, Right. I don't even have that interview. Um, I don't know though. And then SiriusXM came along. And that was, I, it's so weird. Sometimes, like, I really believe in, like, manifesting, like, say something out to the universe and it could happen. Like, I always said, I was like, I want to be in a morning show after college so badly. It happened. Then I was like, when I laid off, I was like, I would love if I was on air in Miami. Like, it'd be nice to be close to my family. It happened. Then I started to realize, um, like, I felt like every weekend if I would be on a ship or something, I, 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 I was missing out on a lot of my life. Like I couldn't, um, any, I don't know, any weekend thing. My parents are like, have other family in town. They're like, come boating with us. I'm like, I can't, um, I could I don't know. I literally felt like I was like letting my life slip away because the weekends is when everybody can be social. Um, so I like kind of manifested it a little bit. I go, I just wish there was a type of job where I could work remotely and on my own hours and maybe that'll be through tiktok maybe i'll eventually leave and say i hope you guys like stick with me even though i'm not posting tiktoks at the station and like maybe then eventually i'll help manage like other tiktokers to get them influencer deals like i bought a business license i was super like about to like like i feel that i was so um close maybe i would have stuck it out for another like six months then i would have blown up my tiktok and like made fully my own business but sirius xm had been planning for a while i guess to make tiktok radio
2: yeah
3: out to me they wanted to do like a monthly stipend all the other people are like full-time creators for jobs so they get a monthly stipend and for myself i was like kind of ironic my boss said to me this week um i heard serious i'm gonna make a station for tiktok don't leave us and i told them that during like i guess my interview kind of thing right well i was like it would need to be full-time it would need to be worth it for me like let's go see what we can do and um then i got this now and it's so different than normal radio it's not like you have a time slot like we pre-record it because radio they shuffle our voices same way that you on tiktok see like not all the same person's videos it's shuffled
2: well let's let's go back just a little bit because okay so your tiktok channel i first i mean you know, TikTok was a little controversial for uh, a, a fair amount of time there because, yes. you know, is it Chinese-owned? Are they collecting our data? And yes, they probably are. <laughs> but but at what point did you sort of glom on to TikTok? Because, I, I, you know, I'm friends with Mason. Uh, no. She's She's got like, I don't know, at this point, probably 300,000 followers. And she's had stories go internationally viral as well. Um, but she you know, even pointed to you as somebody who had built this massive following. And I knew that, but what, what about TikTok? And when do you remember the moment that you were like, okay, I'm, I'm all in on this channel because it, it, it wasn't sort of the go-to channel in that moment. I think you were sort of an early adopter and you went full in, you know, early on.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was at the station and my friend from college I know Brew is, like, so famous on TikTok for radio as well. So she goes, you should do something similar to what he's doing, like, if people, she's like, like, you say, like, silly stuff on the radio and record it. I was like, okay. And then she, like, was like, I'll give you, like, your first word. So I kind of, like, from her, I didn't know who Brew was, but, like, she's like, can you say moist on the radio or something? Squirt. And I was like, what the hell? How do I say that? So then I, like, I was like, all right, guys, like, I filmed part of it at the beginning. Like, I'm about to say this on the radio. So clearly that's enticing to watch the rest of it. And I said squirt of ketchup. So, like, you know, like, then they're like, ah, she found a way to get away with it. But then people would comment and say, like, other things they wanted me to say or um, shout outs to certain people. And people from, like, all over the country were listening on the um, the app for our station. Okay. I, yeah. So then, like, people were like, when are you going to say mine? And I'd just tell them what time, you know, like, they, they most of them were younger. It's like, right. you know teens and tweens and like they thought this was like you know the coolest thing ever
2: right right well but I mean it helped you grow your audience do you remember what your first video was that maybe really took off when this really this this campaign of building an audience on TikTok really started to launch
3: yeah it, I mean I would say the day that I did that first video I then posted a second one just as I was trying to, like you know it's a Sunday and you only talk like four times an hour <laughs> Got time to spend. Yeah. Then I did a different one. Somebody immediately commented and was like, do like a Harry Potter reference. And the song Levitating by Dua Leap is what I was talking to. And uh, I know like, I've never watched Harry Potter, but there's (laughs) some like word like Lombardia, Lalo, Losa, whatever. I I knew I said the word right at the time, but I was like, that means levitating from Harry Potter, like this song. And I wake up the next morning. And even though I posted like five that day, I had went from 10 followers, maybe to 10,000. Like, wow. I think it was the Harry Potter video that like people were sending to each other.
2: Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I I still haven't, I don't think I'm going to be a big TikTok star, but I'm still doing it because I know that there, there is an audience there. And again, I don't even do um, a format like you do, you know, with, with CHR or top 40 that, that would attract that kind of audience. But, but as, as um, Lloyd sort of mentioned in the, the beginning of the clubhouse here, that there are, programmers that are now looking and they have been for years actually they're looking for people that are popular on social media hoping that that translates to um their their radio audience but you know SiriusXM and now Apple and Amazon they're all doubling down on the audio game so how did you navigate the jump because as you mentioned now Mm -hmm. on SiriusXM it's every everything is pre-recorded um and I don't you know how many times a week are you on and it's it's hard, I would think for you to get that audience to follow you because the, the, like the, the target's constantly moving for them. Right.
3: Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It is hard. Um, like I've lost followers, like maybe like 20,000, but I also know I can get like 20,000 in a day. If I like post a good video, like it's not, I'm not worried, but I also like, like you, like you said, feel like it's work from home. I'm just able to like bring my mic with me and like Like, you know, just, like, I could work, like, at nighttime and then go explore all day. Like, I, you know, that that was nice, but because I'm not in a, like, a studio anymore, I'm like, well, shoot, like, how am I going to recreate that vibe? So, I mean, that's something I'm still trying to figure out. I think I have an idea, but it's almost going to have to be, like, I'm going to fake it a little bit. Like, I'm going to have to, but it's just, you know, like, theater of the mind. Like, nobody would really know that. I would. Right um play like a music bed and we usually have a Siri voice saying like this is TikTok Radio on Sirius XM. Then I'll play like the intro beat of a song and you know like talk because I'll like make it in Adobe Audition and you know get like a backdrop or something behind me so it looks cool. That's like the only option I think I can do. Yeah. Without a studio, like it's that's such like that's so glamorous to people. They like, think it's so cool.
2: Right. Right. And especially with that audience. I mean, actually, I take that back because I think that, you know, I I started sort of emulating some of the stuff that you're doing. I do, you know, I'll do intros um, on TikTok, um, but I'm I'm actually playing it in my cue speaker because obviously I'm wearing headphones. They wouldn't be able to hear the music and a little bit of the essence of what I'm doing would be lost. But I'm doing a little bit of that. But but for myself and my audience, I'm finding that it's, it's more effective on Facebook or even Instagram, which, you know, some people are saying even Instagram is dead, but I, I really do think it depends on your audience, but but it yeah. is about creating that vibe and I don't care who they are. They think that it is, uh, it's a behind a peek behind the curtain and it is cool for them.
3: Definitely. So yeah, I've, I've been like, I haven't been that active on TikTok for, like, since like I started Series XM and that started like end of September probably, but um i'm kind of okay with that but i do know that it's a 2022 gold mine to like get going again i think it was um for like my own personal life important for me to take that like break from tiktok like i needed i had a lot of doctor's appointments because we are trying to figure out like epilepsy issues so i I couldn't drive for like six months like i was just like like life was hard for a while (laughs) like constantly going to like the neurologist like every other day um and like not being able to drive to do anything like everything like just going to public I'd have to like you know figure out a ride there or something just everything took longer. So I've right. had had like time and now that things for me are like normal again um I'm like you know what? All right, like let's go full in and try to make a little studio in my room. Hopefully people gravitate
2: towards that. Yeah, well, and and you know, I think I mean, how do you feel about I know you've shared some of your experience going through different tests for your for your, um, your condition I mean how do you feel that the audience Responds to that sort of thing or do they Really want to see all the What they consider glamorous or are they responding As well to you when you Post pictures of all these like sensors All over your skull yeah. you know Going yeah. through all that
3: um, So they find that interesting too like on TikTok I'd made TikTok for um, And I was like in the hospital I'm like hey Like I kind of like made a joke about it I'm like I'm fine Though guys and like Again, they're also like little kids and they like look up to me so they're like are you okay when are you gonna be back blah blah blah. I'm like I'll be back just give me like two weeks I think there's like a sensitive side where like they like following along and like realizing like wow she's okay still like yeah (laughs) not
2: like you're gonna die but like right but I'm just I guess I'm just curious as far as content is considered you know I mean how do you decide what to do I mean I've seen you do absolutely crazy things cat like from climbing around in a little cat outfit costume whatever to you were doing some sketch about uh the tiger king when that was sort of it you know and uh, i mean i've seen you do things behind the mic when you were in studio in miami and you know Mm -hmm. stuff in your bedroom and all that other stuff so i mean what to you obviously because your instincts are right on what to you is content worthy for tiktok um they
3: again I mean for me it's been so successful when I was in the studio that was like boom every video like thousands of views thousands yeah. millions so that's clearly has been successful um but I mean sometimes like the stupidest videos like not even you know radio related um are the ones that blow up it'll be like I don't know like if you're do if you're like just hanging out with your friends and something like silly happens like I don't know like so I've seen a lot of videos where they play the Home Depot theme song and they'll be like My dad currently, like, looking outside, um, seeing, like, an ambulance. All the dads now go in the road, checking out the scene, like, (laughs) getting closer. And they'll be, like, realizes that it was, like, a false 911 call. Slowly, they march back inside. But, like, it's just, like, stupid, but it's kind of funny that, like, all these dads do, like, the same thing. (laughs) Right. They're all walking outside. They're marching. And, like, the theme song underneath, it's funny. It's just stuff that, like, I don't know. If you think it's funny in the moment, without your camera.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: other people probably
2: will too. And it's and it's and it's all about connecting. So, you know, I'm I'm a little curious because I believe Alex Terra is your he's the boss, right? He's the man that created uh, TikTok Radio, and he's uh, obviously made a huge name for himself in uh, radio. But now he's with SiriusXM, and and he's the one that I believe recruited you. You know, how is it though working from home? Because you're still I mean, you're still pretty, I mean, again, compared to myself or some of us, you're still pretty new to the business, which is changing so rapidly that anybody that's in the business, it's it's kind of like a whole new business again. So how are you, I guess, developing as a talent? How do you develop as a talent? Do you get feedback from Alex or anyone yeah. else? Or, you know, how does that work as far as, you know, talent development?
3: Um, okay, so... I do get feedback. We do air checks. Um, I think that normal like FM radio, because you kind of have to, like talk fast, then it sounds a little like uppity, like very um always, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but they're like, you talk really fast and you talk in like a always like happy-go-lucky voice. They're like, here, you can talk up to 90 seconds. You can tell personal funny stories, whatever. They're like, you can, they're like, we don't mind like hearing, like the way I'm talking to you right now. They're like, it's, so that's really like the biggest feedback I've gotten that like yeah. getting happier with that. Alex works for, he runs hits one. Like that's his jam. I'm on hits right. one, um, as well. Um, not that often cause they're kind of like babying me into it. Like just like slowly, um, I'll get like one shift a week for them. And I, for, for TikTok radio, um, I believe she's pretty young. Marie Steinbach is on um, the programmer for that one. But Robert Cross was the one who originally reached out to me about Uh. the TikTok radio position. And he's, I believe, the vice president of programming for the whole company.
2: Cool. Now, what, what can you tell me? I mean, I know we have to wrap up here pretty quickly, but what can you tell me that they said that they saw in you that somebody who is looking for a gig, whether they've only been in traditional radio I mean, obviously, it was the the sheer numbers and the attention you were getting with TikTok. But what can you tell me that maybe they saw in you that helped you get the position?
3: Authentic and weird. (laughs) Yeah, they're like you're so freaking weird and like have the weirdest sense of humor. (laughs) It's very different, but at the same time, it's enticing. Some might think it's like cringy. No, we think it's like it's so different. We've never like seen somebody like. Um, the way you like story tell when you're talking to the radio or like, just, I don't know, maybe just like chaotic things always happen in my life. So I'm like, hey guys, like somebody slid in my DMs and asked me to step on snails. What's the weirdest thing somebody messaged you? Like, or you know, doing like weird stunts and things on my TikTok. They're like, you're just like a freaking weirdo, but you're completely yourself. So yeah, just yeah. like be like own your character, whatever you are, like just be super genuine. If you're like um, a mother, like you know, like post stuff about like funny stuff that happens to you, like having kids, like just really own like what, what you are.
2: Yeah. Own your own weird, right? Yeah. Let your freak flag fly or whatever. (laughs) Well, and I mean, I will say that about you. I mean, I I guess obviously I've known you for several years now. And what impressed me when I first saw you was you weren't afraid to put yourself out there. And then maybe that was, um, Naivete, you know what I mean? Because you were, you totally put yourself out there in a room full of veterans, you know, or even people that were just hungry for radio and you just weren't afraid to get up and ask a question in front of a room full of strangers. So, I mean, I think that that has helped you too. And, and I, you know, I'm super happy for your success and I wish you continued success. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, if there's anything you could leave people in radio with that, are looking for a job because traditional radio continues to fire people. And I'm afraid that there are even more terminations coming here in short order. Uh, But there are still opportunities out there with uh, growing platforms. I mean, with, like Mm -hmm. I said, none other than Amazon, Apple and um, Sirius Mm -hmm. XM. And I'm sure that there others will follow. So what kind of advice would you give people that are listening here today in Clubhouse?
3: Do not be afraid to reach out to people. That's like, a super big way that I got connections. I didn't even know who John Fox was. He's like a program director in New York City, but I reached out to him. And then he was like, hey, I want to interview you. Like, d- don't be scared. Like, don't be intimidated. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, like, how many followers you have. Just freaking reach out to the person and be like, hey there, like, my name's so-and-so. Um, been listening to your station, like, online, like, su- super into the city or whatever. Um, just wanted to like share an air check with you and a resume. If you guys are ever open to that, they're going to remember you.
2: Like you, you you
3: went out of your way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Kat, thank you so much for joining us. I know that Lloyd's probably going to pop back on here in a second. You know, if people have any questions, they can ask away, ask you anything, almost anything. And maybe you'll even answer. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe you'll do a tick. Maybe you'll do a TikTok about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It'll be kind of fun. Right good. Yeah. Listen, I hope you were listening to the different things. I feel like oh my god, they shared so many really cool things right there. The don't be afraid of, to reach out to somebody. I don't I don't care who they are. Reach out to them. You'd be amazed at what kind of response you get. And it was just amazing that whole conversation about really what your mama told you. Be yourself, right? Listen, yeah. we we launched the radio rally and Innovation in Audio, to do these events on Clubhouse every Monday and every Wednesday, both at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific, just to encourage radio, to encourage innovation, and to help you in your career in audio. When we do these live events, we, we make it very clear every time that we don't push people to come up onto the stage and talk. Some people, many, actually just like to listen And we want this to be a safe place for everybody to be able to do that if they want to. At the same time, if you have a question for our guest, we want to offer you two ways to get that done. One, you can raise your hand, look down in the app. You will actually see on the screen itself a little hand that comes up there over what looks like a notepad or an iPhone or an Android, whatever. Click on that. That identifies for us that you want to come up onto the stage. When you press it, uh, we will bring you up onto the stage here on Clubhouse. We do ask that you mute your microphone until you're called upon. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you don't want to come up on stage, just shoot us a quick IM uh, through the app itself with your question, and we'll try to get it in. Coming up next Monday, January 10th, legendary programmer and creator of The Wow Factor in Phoenix, Arizona, John Sebastian, will be with us. I'm going to try to—well, I had somebody who was going to come right up, and yes, I do. It's Brian Egan. Let's see if we can get him up on the stage now. You have a question for somebody on our panel, Brian.
4: Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. And one of the things as a guy who's been a radio lifer, I'm, I'm, I've got a daughter, Kat, who's 14, going on 30. She's like the smartest person I know. I mean, really crazy smart. Um, and we have these conversations in the car that I think are hilarious. And she sometimes says, yeah, dad, you would make such the like dad joke, TikTok scene. And I don't know. Um, what advice would you give to, um, gen Xers who are puzzled and confused about this? You know, this is, this is where it's going, right? Yeah. It's, it's already there. So, what kind of advice would you give to them? And what kind of advice would you also give to my daughter in terms of the talent stack that she needs? Is yeah. it just a, um, because the other, in, in the last, the last piece that both you or uh, uh, Molly or Corey can weigh in on is monetization. Like, I mean, Lloyd and I are, are a little bit longer in the two. So we remember that, you know, you have to have ratings. And if you have ratings, then you get bonuses. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's they, they know by how many people are tuned in, average quarter hour, like what you're worth based on what the station bills. Mm-hmm. So all those metrics I'm familiar with, I'm completely unfamiliar with what uh, this new social media um, content beast is that needs to be fed all the time. How the monetization works for, you mm-hmm. know, stars like you. So just uh, first old guy tips, if we're, you know, we're, we're froggy, we're ready to jump in, we just have no idea what to do first. Then mm-hmm. what do you tell a 14-year-old who's, to me, is wise beyond her years of what she needs to be paying attention to?
3: Is she trying so that to she's, the contact you content
4: I don't know. She's just, you know, she... She does sports uh, broadcasting as a freshman in high school. She's testing really well on her, some of her things. And she's, she's kind of like paying attention to it because dad does this for a living. But I, I think there's, I almost think that together we could be, it could be funny. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I agree. But that's the thing is, is, is it just literally spaghetti against the wall in this format still? Or are there at this stage of the game with TikTok a lot more best practices? And then, from a monetization side, for any of us, a uh, lot of already, questions. I know. Well, I, I don't speak up often, so
0: uh, <laughs> you got to get the it monetization all in, right?
4: part. Yeah, the monetization part, and any uh, Molly and Corey, maybe you guys can weigh in after after Cat gets some some ideas. Um, you know, what is there to look forward to? You know, in, in terms of the grind versus the return on the the hours you put in, and I'll shut up now.
3: <laughs> don't shut up, but, um... okay first is what content i think you should be making with your daughter i think that'd be like a power duo if you guys did tiktoks together because i've seen like um fancy like by walker hayes the song got really popular because his daughter who's like also like 14 made up a dance to the song and then the two of them did a tiktok of it like with his song what you could do with your daughter is like if i don't know if she like, knows the dances but she could be like me trying to teach my dad how to do t- like a tiktok dance and like that could even just be like your brand. Like I always try to tell people I'm friends with, like what they could do, so you can just like own the fact that like your dad, like you're probably not gonna like master a TikTok dance, but she's 14 and super into this stuff, so like she's probably gonna kill it, and then it'll be goofy because like you're like trying to do I don't know freaking twerk or something, and like it doesn't look good. Um, monetization: the way that works is um, it's like imagine like YouTube, like you get um, the I have a full TikTok analytics. What they do is. Once you have ten thousand followers, you're offered to become like um, uh, a t- part of the creator fund. So every time you get like views or like whatever, just like good statistics, and I can see gender, like where, what country people are listening, like uh, all that stuff. Um, then they will give you like a, a creative fund. Like again, because I've been posting recently, I'll get like two dollars. But like when I was really like at the peak of posting, I would get like sixteen hundred dollars a month sent to me from them, and like that's just you know that's just like just money for just doing stupid videos like that's fun you know so yeah and then um once you i guess you want to know, like once you know like what your target audience is sure like maybe i guess try to work around that if she wants to like you know make money off this as like an influencer girl wants to say like her brand pops off, she has to reach out at first to this to the companies like go to the like find their email on the website then eventually they'll start hitting you up like i get emails often to to collab Sometimes I say no, because I don't feel like it's my brand. I'd be like, eh. it would be weird if I was like trying to like sell this product. Okay, but that's oh, yeah.
2: mind-blowing. I had no idea that that, that was even a, men- a benchmark, 10,000 followers. And they just start sending you money. I'm on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. It's such a thing. It's so
3: crazy. That's why overnight when I got those 10,000 followers, I immediately got a notification. To be like, Join the creator fund. And I didn't know what it was. So like, I think I waited like a week to do it. I was like, what is this? Like I should have accepted it earlier because I probably (laughs) missed out. Let's just say another hundred (laughs) dollars.
0: So interesting. Well, listen, I, I have a question here for Molly and this comes from our audience. Where can radio personalities go to learn some social media tips if they want to get started in a fast way to really go all in on social media? Do you have like you know, tips that are a place that you can send them to go, hey, what about this?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, I wish I did. The best piece of advice I could give you is honestly just get right into it and follow accounts that are doing things that you admire and that you want to do. And basically just kind of like how you're getting how you got your start in radio. You start listening to jocks from across the country and you're like, I want to be like this person. I like the way they said this. Do social media the same way, and just start learning and observing through that. So, I, I mean, that's what I would say. Um, and don't be afraid to ask questions from you know, you know, people like Cat. Like, if you have a TikTok question, like, reach out to those people. Hopefully, they'll
0: <laughs> respond. But hopefully, they'll be as nice as the two of you, right?
3: Yeah, people <laughs> respond yeah. though. Like, I've messaged so many people on like Instagram and stuff, and. I have all these radio friends that I've never met and just because I like mm-hmm. added them. They add me next thing you know, we're messaging all the time. They'll call me with a job opportunity and be like, yo, I feel like this is a perfect position for you. They'll mm-hmm. be like, dang, I just started with serious XM. I don't want to leave. I really like it. You know? Yeah. Right. But yeah, I like just add everybody on social media and hit them up.
0: All right. Well, listen, you know, we do try to keep this thing to about an hour and whoo y'all have me please. Uh, We are running a little bit over tonight. I do want to thank you for joining us every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. We do it every week. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me. It's real easy, just like the ladies are saying. Reach out and touch somebody. F O R D at rainmakerpathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. Of course, we like to say this on Rainmaker Pathway and the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, You can get anything else you want bring creativity to it okay our thanks to molly and to kat for being our patient and giving guest our big thank you to Corey dillon for making the time to be my co-host this week and being amazing like she always is a very special thank you to joe kelly for producing the encouragers the radio rally podcast which will be available in the next 20 to 30 minutes and thank you to joe kelly and Just Joe Productions for creating our audio footprint and distributing them to the podcast themselves. Please do share our podcast. We have two, the Radio Rally. It's the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio with others that you know who are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available Right now on Apple, Audible, Spotify, and just about anywhere you can get your podcast. Thank you for being a part of the radio rally and the encouragers. Please remember, if you don't remember anything else, be kinder than you have to be and good night.